Welcome back, Pals of Green Gables. I'm your co-host, Alicia. And I'm your co-host, Nicole. And this is Gals of Green Gables, an Anne of Green Gables podcast. This week, we'll be discussing episode three of season one of Anne with an E. Awesome. Amazing. Oh, God. (laughs) It's okay. We are recording this right now on a Wednesday night. It's eight o'clock my time. So it's pretty much nine o'clock your time. Yeah, it's not 8 o'clock your time. It's 7.42 your time. Yeah, close enough to 8 <laughs> o'clock. How have you been, Alicia? I went to Ikea and I got a dinosaur. Yes, it's very cute. <laughs> I was waiting for some elaboration, but I guess that that's how you've been. That's your state of mind. I yelled at today for sitting at a table. We are not as gals of Green Gables doing so hot in the emotional stability tonight, but that's okay. (laughs) Are we going to elaborate on that? No. How have you been? Um, fine. All all is good. (laughs) We hope. Good. Yeah, I've been um, painting, so I'm not a very good artist at all, but um, I've been recently doing watercolors of, I'm not going to explain this well at all, but of ghosts doing cute fall things. I think that's a perfect explanation. Because I saw somebody and I don't, I, I, I think on TikTok, uh, she goes by Lindsay, but I don't know what her like actual at thing is um, that paints ghosts doing cute fall things. And I thought that is the cutest thing ever. So I decided to paint ghosts doing cute fall things. And it really is a good way to brighten up your mood. They're very cute. Nicole's not giving herself enough credit. They're very good. If she sends me some, I'll post them. Actually, I guess you have. Yeah. <laughs> Not to go on the Instagram, but I could post them on the Instagram once I post this episode. So we were together over Thanksgiving, which was fun. Alicia came to my um, family's Thanksgiving celebration. I'd also like to say I got a lot of flack from my family when I talked about how we celebrate Thanksgiving. Because I think I literally just said we eat and we eat and we eat. Which we do. That's part of Thanksgiving. But my parents um, would also like our listeners to know that we do between eating go on hikes sometimes. Yeah. Um, So we we do get a balance of both. We also play a lot of cards. So next up on the notice board, we would like to say hi and thank you to our listener, Sage. (laughs) I might say hi. Oh, sorry. Hi, Sage. (laughs) They sent us some nice messages. And 
sent us some recipes for raspberry cordial after Caleb had been on and mentioned he didn't know what it was. So they sent, I think it was two, two recipes from two separate books. Because then you realized that you also had the recipe in the back of your book, didn't you? No, that was them both times. They realized they had two recipes. Oh, Sorry. So the the way this works, um, I really we both really love and appreciate um, getting messages from everybody. But Alicia has full access to the Instagram. I do not. Um, not like because she's keeping me out of it or anything. Just um, I just don't have the password. So I've definitely given you the password. <laughs> when we um, get messages from people she often screenshots them and sends them to me so I can also know that people have sent us nice lovely messages um so there lies the confusion but both of them are from Sage yes and I passed them on to Caleb and he said he will try them because there's also a nice recipe for pound cake in there and I feel I like saw that. <laughs> I pound saw cake it. and raspberry cordial I, I want to try the recipes too I was skimming it though and I saw six eggs I was like in raspberry cordial I I did the same thing I I just got it back up on my phone and I looked and it said um what did it say two cups of self-rising all-purpose flour and I was like this is a weird raspberry cordial recipe oh my god I can't stop I can't start laughing because I might not stop god I was grading last night Nicole you saw this I was looking at writer's notebooks and one kid was talking to Thanksgiving but then they also wrote <laughs> at the end sorry earthworms are high protein just like yeah fully talking about Thanksgiving and then just shifts into earthworms are high <laughs> and I lost it I found that so funny last night Oh my god i mean the kid is not incorrect fun fact for everyone if you need more protein in your diet earthworms are outside go find some they are not an ingredient in raspberry cordial not unless you want them to be no we're not limiting you okay I feel like they didn't, they didn't in the, because it was in the back of um, Sage's book, right? Yes. Yeah, and then there was a cookbook. And then there was a cookbook. Sage, I have a question for you. Do they also give you the, was it current wine? What did they get Diana drunk on? (laughs) I don't think there's a current wine recipe because I was reading the recipe and I don't know what it says I don't have it up now but it's something about getting your parents to help you (laughs) so I don't think they're teaching kids how to make current wine like this is definitely aimed towards children okay can we it's probably aimed towards children what are our podcast analytics in terms of age though Alicia the majority of our listeners are over the legal age of alcohol consumption in their respective countries. 
So I feel like they missed out on a target audience there, is all I'm saying. We can release our own cookbook. <laughs> but it will just have a recipe for current wine. Yes. Anyway. Can we, can we get into the episode before this gets too far? Probably. Okay. Okay. So today we're talking about the third episode of Anne with an E. And in this episode, which is called, But What is So Headstrong as Youth? Anne is excited to begin school and make friends, but is unprepared for the bullying that occurs when she does not fit in. Marilla too tests new waters as she accepts an invitation to join a progressive mother's group. After watching Prissy Andrews in an intimate moment with their teacher, Anne naively suggests to her classmates that they were having sex. Because of this, Marilla is no longer invited to the progressive mother's meetings. Gilbert Blythe returns to school and tries to befriend Anne. Trying to catch her attention, Gilbert pulls one of her braids and calls her carrots, causing Anne to hit him over the head with her slate. After being chastised in front of the class, she leaves the classroom and arrives home crying in Marilla's arms, saying she will no longer go back to school. That was the wiki summary? That was the wiki summary. Sorry, I should have said that at the beginning. I, I did was just curious. That. Yeah. It was quite the episode. It was. My notes do not reflect that. They're not about the important things. I think I just assumed I'd remember those parts. Yeah. Kind of hard to forget. Yeah. My first thing I sort of noted was... I loved the, like, opening few scenes of this episode. I thought they were shot in a really cool and interesting way. It's just, like, Anne um, getting her books ready and getting ready for school. But there's a lot of... I'm going to do a bad job describing it. There's a lot of, like, shots, not necessarily of her, but of, like, her hands getting her books all together and, like, it sort of really gets the hustle and bustle of the morning and the excitement she has for school. Mm-hmm. And I like the music. Yes. The soundtrack for the show in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice opening scene. Things go downhill from there, though. Yes. So when she's at home, we hear that she's not worried about the school part as much she is about the socializing peers part. And she had reason to be worried. Yeah, she was correct in that worry. Yeah. It would be tough. And it, it was tough. Yeah. It was tougher than I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the episode. Yes, because it's pretty upbeat. She's in the woods, she's making small talk to practice, which I also do. She's getting her hat already. Yeah. And it's quite the hat. It is quite the hat. Which happens in the books when she's going to Sunday school, right? Yes. She does her hat all up with flowers. Yes. So that already sets quite the impression when she walks in. And then... Her meeting with the girls is just, like, a little off, and you're starting to see, like, how, I don't know if abrasive is the right word, but how, like, abrasive the boys are. Yeah. 
sometimes I think I know what words mean from when I was younger when I just I read them once and decided what they mean and I don't actually know what they mean yeah I have the same problem because if you read something when you're 11 sometimes you just you just decide what it means and then you spend the next 11 years thinking it means that yeah anyway do you have anything to say about her meeting the girls because <laughs> I do yeah mostly that it's a lot I do Diana really does try to smooth things over there but it does yeah. not work well yeah well in the first meeting you see that the girls are pretty eager to meet her yeah like they come over they they clearly heard good things from Diana and it's a new person they're excited um and even though they already have these preconceived notions, especially Josie Pye, who is definitely thinking down on her about being an orphan, the girls are friendly to her. They're, like, giving her tips, like, um, the boys are ridiculous, don't let them know when they bothered you. Uh, at some point, Jane says something like, I should have said hi at the picnic, that was rude of me. But you get hints that Avonlea isn't very welcoming towards yeah. Anne. And you're kind of hearing that from the kids of what they are getting at home. Yeah, because then Diana, oh, which I think is the first thing that really shakes Anne up, says, oh, soon I'll be able to walk to school with you now that the Cuthbert's have adopted you. And Anne says, wait, you you aren't allowed to walk to school with me. Mm-hmm. Like, which is another sort of, you can tell that they're getting a lot of negative, um, I don't know if feedback's the right word, but like um, sort of negative feedback from their parents about mm-hmm. Anne, even though they're curious. I like this Josie Pie. I like the Ruby too. <laughs> I like, when Ruby says, never like let them know when you like them either in her eyes. It's just so wide. Diana's going over all the social things with Anne, the things she wouldn't know. Like the politics, the school politics, and who sits with who and sharing at lunch and stuff like that. And you can just see how overwhelmed Anne is by all of it. Yeah. I do have to say when she is um, showing Anne stuff, I love the little scene of the, like, younger kid's school with the kind old man and just, like, the little, little guys. I was like, I want to be in that schoolhouse. However, I have a note about that. You are telling me that children that young are doing long division? I know. Like... That kid that was, like, standing up there, to me, and to be fair, I haven't, I don't interact with kids that young as much as you do, does not look old enough to be in, like, kindergarten. No, he looked, like, three or four to me, which I guess three-year-olds are, I mean, four-year-olds are starting kindergarten, but he looked very young. Yeah. No, that kid's not doing long division. I have a note that just says, oh, no, Anne. <laughs> I don't know. 
it could be for many things. Right after this, they see see the supply closet. Oh yeah, Percy Andrews. Yeah, that was what it was about. Yeah. Oh no, that's a big. I think I think all would have come okay had that not taken place. Yeah. There's just so many oh no's. Yeah. Because it's oh no, but the situation. Yeah. And then the girls like gossiping about it, but then also you're learning about the things that Anne's witnessed so young and Oh no. Oh no. The thing about it that gets talked about later by Merla and Matthew is she doesn't even really understand what she's talking about. No. And she's been exposed to it so young. But she wants to feel like she knows about something because everything is so new for her right now. And she feels like she knows nothing. And then these girls are like, you know something we don't tell us about it and she wants to feel like she knows something yeah see i'm a little confused and maybe i miss so i do feel like diana kind of threw Anne under the bus with that i feel like it would have been okay had diana not brought the conversation to the wider group of girls but, like, I, I can understand Diana's, like, oh, this is new information. Sh- we should share this with the group. Yes. I but, think. Oh, continue. But then, when does it switch from, like, and I think it's Josie Pye that does it. Like, do, do you think of Josie Pye sitting in that circle when Diana says, oh, Anne has something big secret to share about? Prissy and um, Mr. Phillips. Like at what? Because at the end, they're all disgusted by what she said. Yeah. And walk away. Like at, at what point does that turn? Like do you think so, it was a bit of a setup? Or do you think it just like naturally they were like, oh, we shouldn't be talking about this? I think part of the problem is some of them understand, because I don't think Anne understands what she's talking about. I think she truly thinks there's a mouse. And maybe that's not, maybe some people would think otherwise. But I think some of them are more naive than others, and they understand what she's talking about. However, there is a shift, because Anne's talking about what she saw and how she thinks they're having intimate relations, uh, Percy and Mr. Phillips, but then she starts talking about I can't think of their last name. That oh, the Hammonds. The Hammonds. She's talking about the Hammonds, and that's when the girls, like all three, four of them, I can't remember Diana's face, but is or yeah, starts to shift. Oh, okay. And you can tell they've become uncomfortable, and they realize. Like, this isn't the conversation they signed up for. And that's when Josie is disgusted and says, I will not eat next to trash. Okay. And I guess that makes more sense. Because I do remember they were pretty shocked when Anne called Mr. Hammond a drunk. Right. There's that, too. I forgot about that. And that 
and I think said that both Mr. Hammond and Mrs. Hammond would hit her and probably also that Mr. Hammond would hit Mrs. Hammond. There was a lot of physical violence mm-hmm. that occurred in that story. Uh, so I guess like maybe that's something like the, the girls might not know about the intimate relations, but they pro like, but they would probably know that we shouldn't be talking about dr- drunks or men who are drunks or anything like that. So. Mm-hmm. Do we want to shift from that yeah. storyline a little bit and talk about Marilla in the progressive mother's sewing circle? Yes, it's something. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that they included Marilla. Yeah. Off the bat. Um, it's good that they think girls should have an education. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're going with the positives for right yeah. now. I thought it was funny. They're talking about a sister that went to Acadia. Shout out to Acadia. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm shouting out Acadia. Anyway, oh god, it's already past nine o'clock. Um, we went to Acadia, sending periodicals. I can't remember what they're saying about feminism. <laughs> they wrote down that I think it's Miss Andrews says feminism. What an incredible word! <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> what? Yeah, what a concept. And Marilla's face during the whole thing yeah. was funny, too. She's just in over her head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, she is definitely kind of uncomfortable there. I thought it was nice when they... I think they asked her about Anne. Mm-hmm. Something to do with Anne. And Marilla seemed to get a little more comfortable talking when she was yeah. talking about Anne. Um. Sorry, if you have more to talk about with the sewing circle, my favorite part of that whole debacle is the afterwards of the sewing circle when Rachel. Rachel, I love that too. I mean, this this Rachel Lind is my favorite Rachel Lind so far. I love. Yes, she's really good. Oh my god! Oh, (laughs) I have here, uh, lol. Rachel raging about feminism. Because that's really what it is. Yeah, and then poor Matthew comes in, and Rachel's like, "Matthew, what do you have to say about this? You're, you're the man of the. She, she's not saying this exactly, but she's implying you're the man of the house, like, and your sister's going traipsing around in these progressive women's circles with feminism and um, suffragettes and things." And Matthew looks like, "Oh no." This is this is bad. I've got to get out of here. Yeah, Rachel's very much against progressive mothers. Yeah, <laughs> she wants to know all about it, of course. Of course, I like the moment when Marilla's like, "If you want to know about it, just go." And Rachel's like, "As if I go to a sewing circle with young mothers." <laughs> just how she says that. It's not exactly what she says, but that is how she says young mothers. Yes. And then when Rachel says something like, did you 
stripped down to your petticoats and no what was it oh did you burn your corsets strip down burn to your, your petticoats and burn your corsets yes <laughs> and now marilla says we ran out of time <laughs> that was also that whole i think that was my no i think I'm, I'm ready to call that my favorite part of the episode was that bit it was very good and then at the end of it they're like because it at first it's like kind of a funny heated but then they're starting to get a little i feel like a little bit more heated like um what does marilla say like um there's a difference between giving your opinion and passing judgment or something right but then Anne comes in and says how have you guys managed to be friends teach me your secrets what's going on how, how can you how can you be kindred spirits and it kind of diffuses the tension a bit yeah it does and then they're then um rachel lind agrees to go to the next progressive mother sewing circle not that marilla is invited to the next one but yeah yeah it's the next bit to talk about the um and walking to school the next day with the brother of prissy andrews um i feel like there's a little yeah. bit with jerry before that oh yeah i didn't write anything down there's a moment where Anne tells jerry not to eavesdrop and then later jerry asks matthew what eavesdrop means yes and then matthew's like yeah don't don't really know <laughs> i i like it, it's nice that they gave jerry a little bit of like um like personality and stuff i really like the jerry and Anne dynamic so do i um yes but the walk to school that was scary i thought yeah um and yeah basically prissy andrews's brother is mad about what ann the rumors ann was spreading about prissy which is kind of fair they aren't nice though she didn't know that she was doing it um and it seems like he's gonna hurt her like mm-hmm. try to beat her up but then gilbert shows up um and is able to diffuse the situation i guess yeah the right word for it the heroic gilbert life enters yes um yeah, he's he's more what I imagine Gilbert Blythe in the books in terms of looks. I know people are going to get real mad at me for this. Then in terms of just looks, than the eighty-five version. Um, he also I I love that scene at the end where he asks her if there's any more dragons that need slang and she yells back no thank you yeah i see that on tiktok a lot that scene yeah and gilbert is very curious about who Anne is Mm -hmm. but when they get to the schoolhouse things start to go awry again yeah and ruby gillis is crying Mm mm-hmm 
Um, but that's because she likes Gilbert and doesn't feel that Anne should be walking to the schoolhouse with Gilbert. No. And don't they even say, like, she can't talk to him? Yeah. It's she just... pretty strict rules. Yeah. And how could she know? Like, it was another misstep. But there's just so many things she couldn't possibly know. And they were definitely out of line on that. But they didn't care. Like, they're already seeing Anne as a villain. And yeah. she doesn't know anything. And she's just here to um, mess everything up. And oh my goodness, Josie Pie. Yeah. There, there. The nasty girl didn't know any better, or something like that, she says. Total overreaction, but they're also like preteen teen girls. Yes. And Diana. I know she says to Anne a couple times, let's see what I can do to smooth over the situation. She doesn't help a whole lot. Not there. I wrote that Diana's just as loyal in this version. But there, she kind of goes with the group instead of sticking up for Anne. Yeah. But she it, it's a big job right now. It is. It is hard. When the world is against Anne, it is difficult. So, they are in school. Mr. Phillips is asking them to each person to stand up and read um, from a poem. And Anne is pumped about this. So excited. Um, Because she's like, yes, this is something I can do well. And he calls on Diana first. And Diana, I don't know if this will come back or if this is just something. Diana struggles quite a bit with reading the poem. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And Mr. Phillips has her sit back down. But then Anne gets up and Anne, in a typical Anne fashion, puts on a performance of this poem. And this is another misstep that um, the, the class is already, or at least the girls are, already fairly against her. But this this is, becomes teasing territory for all the boys mm-hmm. as well. There's a lot of laughing involved. Um, I'm surprised, though, that Mr. Phillips, just because he seems to kind of dislike Anne, doesn't make her, like, lets her finish the poem, doesn't make her sit down mm-hmm. um, for, like, causing a scene or causing a distraction. Gilbert tries to stand up for her in the crowd of boys in terms of the poem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that doesn't that doesn't go well. And then I like how they have Josie Pye stand up and read it incredibly monotone. Yeah, as like a contrast because like Anne. Other than the fact she's in a room of preteen kids and like she herself is a little weird and cringy as a pre preteen kid. Doesn't it does a pretty good job of reading that poem. Yeah. It's just that she hasn't like trained in her performance to the audience, which I don't think we can fault her for. No. 
And I don't, I don't remember exactly what Gilbert says. In my mind, I've just defaulted to that scene in Camp Rock where Demi Lovato says after Carlson's turn plays the piano, wow, she's really good. Um, that's not exactly what he says, but it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Marilla kind of redeems herself a little bit from the previous episodes in this one. Because she really goes to bat for Anne. Yes. Before we talk about that, because I actually forgot about this, should we talk about her before that with Matthew? I think before we talk about how good Marilla did, we need to talk about how good Matthew did. Okay. I will let you start that. Because Marilla's kind of shunned, but she doesn't know why. Matthew gets down to business and goes to the source, which is Rachel, which I love. Because he just kind of shows up. And I think he just says, Anne. (laughs) And Rachel's like, you better come in. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And she tells him. And then he tells Marilla. And Marilla is angry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's like, how could... I don't know what she says. But isn't she like, how could we let someone in our house do stuff like that? I don't know what she says exactly. But she's not... No, she's not... In that moment, No. And Matthew's like, it makes me sick. And Marilla's like, yes, it makes me sick that she's saying this stuff. And Matthew's like, no, it makes me sick that she knows this stuff. She's 13. And it's clear, like, with, like, drunks and uh, talking about sex and the abuse. Like, she's been through a lot that she shouldn't have had to go through. And that changes Marilla's perspective. Yeah. Which then sets her up to be able to go to bat for Anne. Yeah, to go to bat for Anne with um, Prissy Andrews' mother. Yes. I, and I didn't mean to interrupt. allowed to be justifiably angry. Yeah. At, um, but... Yeah, no, I, I, I just like that scene where Marilla talks Yeah, about... yeah because Mrs. Andrews can be angry. Something horrible has happened to her child. But she does also need to put it into perspective, the child that said this. And yeah. what they went through, which none of Avonlea is thinking about right now. They just see Anne in a negative light because she's an orphan. But it's the point where she calls Anne a trollop or something. Yes. That, because before that, Marilla's playing nice. But then she's like, hold up. And I like some of the things she says. She says, um, at some point, it's a shame progressive parenting doesn't include compassion. Yeah. Which I thought was a good one. And then she says, hopefully you can muster some up on church and church on Sunday. Yeah, that was another. I remember the, 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 you can muster some compassion up on church, at church on Sunday. Which is a call out. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure how much that actually changed Mrs. Andrew's mind. No, we don't really get to know that yet i'm assuming we're going to 
get more follow-up on the story in the next episode. Well, that's that's how TV shows work. That was a hot take. That's how TV shows work. <laughs> yeah. Are we ready then? I think we're going right into the famous slate scene. What a scene. Yeah. Like, in, I think I remember you saying, wait until you watch this version. She, I feel like it starts off pretty normal. He is teasing her from, like, the complete opposite side of the room, which I feel like Mr. Phillips could have, should have, as a teacher, been able to see that. But anyway, dramatic effect. She cracks that slate across his face yeah she slaps him just whacks it across his face she gets her whole body into that Uh, yeah because it's not even like there's the like break in force of the slate completely breaking in half it only cracks it doesn't break i would like to mention gilbert's face looks perfectly fine after that <laughs> there's like a close-up on his cheek and it's like okay i know it's gilbert blythe i know he's got to be like the romantic hero of this story but there should be a cut i know bruises don't form that fast i just feel like there's some internal bleeding happening there this man's face looks fine and i don't think it should have been after that injury like, I, I'm not entirely surprised it didn't, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that knocked him out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this, this is a fair take. Yeah. You're like, yes, uh, this. I am right. I don't know what to tell you. I'm only speaking the truth here. <laughs> and then Mr. Phillips makes Anne come up and writes Anne without an E. Anne Shirley has a very bad temper and makes her stand there. Which, can I say, compared to how, I don't think dark is the right word, but like, like how heavy the rest of the show goes, um, seems to me, like, I'm happy that nothing else happened to her and that was the punishment. Like, I, I don't believe in teachers giving even giving humiliation punishments to students. But I just, like, I wasn't expecting the punishment to still be that, just that, of her standing up in front of the room. Like, I was I was a little worried Mr. Phillips was going to hit her with a ruler. Yeah, that's fair. I just I'm worried about that and offer that to happen. Yeah, compared to the tone of the rest of the show. I thought, like, maybe there would be some sort of corporal punishment, and then that would happen. Um, but, like, I mean, it's still, it's still awful. I was just bracing myself for more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like, good. When Anne ran out of that classroom, I was, like, good for you, Anne. This is, this, like... I don't super believe in giving up, but I think you're allowed to go home in that circumstance. Yeah. And she runs right into Marla's arms. Sobbing. I know. Saying she's never going back to school. 
One thing I, I would say about this episode in comparison to the books, maybe I'm forgetting because as we talked about, I, I have bad memory. But Ian had the first bad day at school with the, with the slate thing. But for the most part, like she made in the books and made friends pretty quickly and like things things went okay fairly quickly Mm -hmm. yeah because when she's out of school there's all those kids sending things to her or when she comes back they give her a bunch of things yeah yeah I guess the one thing that's interesting about this version of the story and I know like a lot of things are off what the books are is I always think of Anne as having one of those personalities. And I feel like a lot of, like, sometimes you meet people like this, who, like, she isn't quite, like, with it in terms of, like, she's a little odd, she's a little strange, but people seem to genuinely enjoy her for that. But I haven't seen that in this show yet. No. Like, there doesn't seem to be, I think I I even thought about this before they talked about the, like, compassion thing. When she started at school and, like, things were going downhill, I was like, there is not a single kind person in this whole town. Like, I, I know, like, Matthew is and Diana is, but, like really people are very mean to her yeah mm-hmm. but they've been judged harshly yeah as marilla says i don't know if you have anything else to talk about i did have a question for you okay what did you think about the costumes so far i can see we... more i i I thought they were good in terms of like I didn't I didn't make a lot of like notes or thoughts on them. The one is that Anne's dress is much different from the other girls. Mm-hmm. They do point that out. Um oh yeah. In the show. Um but also it's the same thing. I don't know if this is like a generational thing. Or, like, it's trying to show, again, like, a class thing. Um, Marilla and Rachel are much more plainly dressed than the rest of the young mothers in the young mother progressive mother society. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what the intention of... Well, I the intention is to show that Marilla is uncomfortable among these circles um but i just find it interesting that they always have the cuthberts and the lynns dressed very different from the rest of the people in avonlea yeah clothing. mentions doesn't it say like the andrews are farmers yeah they're laid on the same way no yeah that that's something i haven't quite figured it out yet and maybe you never do 
is why everybody else except the Cuthberts in the Lynn seem to be quite wealthy in this town. But mm -hmm. I did like Diana's little cape coat thing. Oh, yes. That was nice. I had a dream once where capes were like the thing everyone wore. Or cloaks, to be more specific. And someone in the dream was like, you don't have a cloak? And they're like, here's the pile of cloaks. Pick two out. And I was like, oh, I'm fine with this. I was like, this wasn't something I was aware of that we're all wearing cloaks now. But yeah, I'll go with it. Do you want to hear a pioneer camp story? Absolutely, always. Um, so not cloaks, but if it was raining that day, they had these massive wool shawls. Oh. We'd wear, so you didn't, like, you obviously didn't wear raincoats. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was like a giant, like, square of wool, and you'd fold it in half, and you'd use it around your, so, we, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I, they're just, they're so committed that because this is new brunswick like it probably rains quite a bit oh almost every year there was at least one day of camp it rained and it can rain a lot so they're so committed they're like we're not giving these children coats no no they can walk around with these little squares of, of wool they were big squares of wool <laughs> okay no it it actually it's amazing this is not me in any way saying that women should go back to dressing like this well they can't they can if they want to if they want to, this yeah. is a choice thing i'm not i'm not part of the women should wear dresses all the time movement but like at that camp i should have been putting on sunscreen but i was nine to twelve and away from my parents for the first time and not thinking about it. But, and this was, these were hot days. Like these were 35 degree days. But I never got a single sunburn. Because every time we were outside, I had a bonnet on. And I was covered from my, and I was covered everywhere except my hands. So Nicole is promoting for sun safety that everyone wear bonnets. Yes, we're bringing back the bonnet. BBB. <laughs> I do like that bucket hats are back in. Yeah. I saw the other day at Superstore that they had fleece bucket hats. I really wanted one. But I even said to my mom, I was like, I'm not probably going to wear it, but mm. I want to own it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a financial decision I can make right now. No. So I did not buy the Superstore Fleece bucket hat. Yeah, I need to get myself a bucket hat. As the closest thing I can get to a bonnet. But I the like only thing is the clothes are very, the reason they were wearing them, because like, I'm sure the, like, high society ladies in, like, England or Toronto or somewhere were not wearing clothes that were super practical necessarily. But, like, we were, we were, like, farm kids is who we were playing. So the clothes mm -hmm. we were dressed in, the clothes we were dressed up in were very practical. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know where we go from here. No, I I think it's time to with, with the with the promotion of um 19th century farm kid clothing. I think it's time to end the episode. Okay. Uh so thank you everybody for joining us. You can join us next time as we discuss episode 4 of season 1 of Anne with an E. Uh, if you'd like to hear more from us, you can check out our Instagram at Gals of Green Gables Pod. You can check out, um, if you'd like to send us a message, you can DM us on there or send us an email at galsofgreengablepod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.